Hello, and welcome to Stress Less with me, Jess. Today, my special guest is Kelly Bubolts. Hello, Kelly. How are you today? Good, good. Happy Monday. Yay. I was so excited to connect with you. Um, we connected, like we were just talking before we got on here, many moons ago. But one of the reasons why I love what you do so much is because there's not many of us that focus on just stress or just burnout. And so you specifically focus on burnout. And so I think that's such a hot topic because I don't think many people know what it really means. And I would love for us to get kind of into that. So before we get started, I just want to let everybody know who you are and what your mission is. So give me one second, pull that up. And so your mission is to be moving communities from zombie mode back to live livelessness, one action at a time. And I think it, your book just kind of like taken out of the darkness. I think that just shows you mentioned you brought this down to me. And I want you to re-break this down to me because when we first met, you talked about the zombie mode. And I think this is just so important. So first, give us a little bit of breakdown of who you are and what you do. And then let's get right into that zombie mode because it's just, as soon as I re reread that, I'm going, oh my God, I remember our conversation for when we first met. So I want us to kind of just break it down again. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm I'm your typical millennial, crying the letter extremely fast, uh, very um, powerful in the workforce as an HR leader. And by age 28, I already held an executive position, right? That's what we were supposed to do. And I got to the top and I um, began crashing, but I didn't realize I was crashing. I also was having children. So there were signs and symptoms and, and seeking modern medicine care. You know, they chalk it up to mom mode. They chalk it up to getting older. Um, and so I kept trucking on. Well, the conditions got more serious. I thankfully had most of the physical side, but there's a mental side of burnout. And so at age 35, at that point, um, I was 40 pounds down within a year, no working out, just pure digestive failure. I couldn't eat without um, throwing up or getting sick. I had extreme hair loss. It would come out in clumps, psoriasis all over my body, open wounds, um, extremely long menstrual cycles. Uh, I couldn't get out of bed most days. And I had three little kids in this executive job. Um, our oldest also had sensory processing disorder. So we were going to all those appointments and um, I'm still getting misdirected by the modern medicine industry and still going to work trucking through. And then I realized, and this is where that zombie mode comes in is um, that's where it started day after day. You just kind of go through these stressors that's temporary. Right. And then I realized after my crash is those were all signs. Those were all signs that my body was saying too much. This is too much. We need to release, we need to do something to release these stress cycles. And I didn't because um, like most of us is we're not taught self-regulation and, and how to release these stress cycles and what listening to our bodies. So I kept trucking on and at age 35, when I got in the holistic care, cause I basically was on my deathbed at that point, um, he diagnosed me with um, basically I'm gonna have a heart attack next uh, at age 35 from chronic stress. So that's the difference is stress is okay. Stress is actually really healthy for the body. Um, it keeps us going, it keeps us moving, keeps us growing. But when it's chronic, which means week over week, month over month, just another quarter, just another year, that's when it becomes chronic, which becomes an illness, which is burnout. This is so important because it's definitely, like I said, as I focus more on stress talk, is that that's what I really talk about too, is the fact that stress is every day. And like you said, it's part of life. It's good. There's bad, right? But the bad is more of like when it's con that consistency and we're not letting our body release. We're not letting our body process. We're not letting, right? And the way I tell people and tell me if you agree with this too, is that 
we physical is one of your first responses, right? And so it's much of, oh, I always get headaches. My eye always twitches. And we just ignore and ignore and ignore like, ah, these cramps, just another day. And we keep trucking on. It's like, no, your body is literally talking to you. And we're just, I'm busy. I'm too busy, you know? Yes. And because we don't have good self-regulation and we don't know how to deal with these symptoms, we keep going, which is actually the the worst thing you could do. Um, You know, maybe if I work more, I can buy this and get a vacation. I don't know how many people tell me I'll just take, you know, I have this big vacation in six months. I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter at that point. You know, you you take that vacation, but there's going to be so much built up. It's not going to matter. You're going to go to work just exhausted afterwards. Yes. I was one of my friends, they went through, you know, their life transition, like we've all done. Right. And she had a Mexico trip planned. So she was just pushing through, pushing through. And I said, you're going to burn yourself out. Like you, I know you went through life transition. You don't want to talk about it. You were doing the distraction piece. I hear you. I'm, I'm not judging you on that, but you have to listen to your body. It's going to break down. And as soon as she went to Mexico, she was sick. She had flu-like symptoms. And I said, I know you hate when I say this, but I promise you it's stress. It is. And it's, it's interesting. And it's actually kind of self-destructive because um, we think if we do certain things that it will relieve our stress, but um, you know, like, like you're mean, you were talking about is stress is actually a natural thing and it will always be here. So, you know, everyone's talking about the pandemic and, you know, this burnout research that I gathered during my recovery journey, it's been around for 50 years. So um, it's not new. It's not going to go away. And guess what? When the pandemic, we finally settle from that, there's going to be a political election or a natural disaster or something. It's, it's just the nature of the external controls. We cannot control ourselves. So how we, I can, I call it building resiliency is we do these daily things in stress management to release the stress cycles, build that resiliency armor so that when things hit you, it just kind of brushes off. Like we, we had to reschedule this podcast because I had strep going around my household and couldn't record a podcast with little ones running around. No problem. I mean, me and you just chatted and we, we reset it, but I mean, I, a couple years ago, I would have frantic. I would have been like, oh my gosh, this is going to spill over to this day. And now I can't complete that. And it's just that overwhelming helplessness feeling. I think Brene Brown says it best when she goes, the story I'm telling myself. And it's so true. I was just speaking briefly on burnout at uh, last week to a group. And they were talking about like, oh, well, you know, but then I start telling myself this. I said, pause right there. You start telling yourself, right? Your friend, your girlfriend, whoever didn't call you and say, you're so horrible. You're rescheduling the podcast. Oh my God, you didn't answer my text for like two hours. You're the worst person. They never said that. You told yourself that story, but you're like, that's, that's what we do. We tend to beat ourselves up. Or like you brought up the vacation earlier in the sense of, well, I have to have the best vacation. So if I have to work 60 hours a week, so then my family can have this most beautiful vacation. So that's why I'm going to work on my vacation. So my family can do that. And we just keep going and going, you know? Yeah, this narrative. And so in my book, um, Leaving the Darkness, we break down in a chapter of the social norms and, and, you know, that we're supposed to do this. And then next we do this and then next we do this. And then eventually you realize like one, I wasn't present during all those because I'm just looking for the next, but two, would I have been happier if I wasn't always striving for the next? Like, was I happy at some point in time, but I just passed it right by because that's what we're supposed to do. Um, and I'm finding that even, you know, it's summer while we're recording this, that I haven't went anywhere with my kids. We just enjoy outdoors, you know, the baseball games and things like that. And I haven't spent like a dime this summer and we're having a blast. And guess what? I'm not like stressing about leaving work or taking PTO or, you know, it's, 
it, again, you have to start exploring yourself and, and some of the stress management tools that you've already talked about in your show episodes. Um, I did want to note too, something between stress and burnout is um, the aftermath is just as ugly as the crash. So your body is going to get used to the stress rhythm. So you're going to recover, you're, you're going to hit this, well, I hit rock bottom, but hopefully you don't. And you're going to go on this recovery journey, right? And you're going to identify things you should be doing for stress management, but your body's going to crave that old cycle. It's going to crave chaos, busy body, like the old cortisol rhythms of stress. And so I found myself actually stressing myself out at certain points because my body wanted it. And it's just so used to that, that chemical rhythm um, where it was used to not sleeping and insomnia. And it was used to, you know, hormonal imbalances to a point where my female cycle was just so offbeat. Um, and I find myself almost seeking stress at times, like a drug. And um, it's a body rhythm. And the longer you're in burnout, the more it craves it. I am obsessed that you brought that up because it's so true, right? So there's so many pieces to this in the sense of, we are living one life. We want to come into this healthier life, right? And this is what I tell people to tell me your thoughts on this. So I tell people, even though when you're doing something good, you're still going to have that reaction, right? So when I start to eat healthy, when I'm start to implement that night routine, when I start to implement the morning routine, the, the walking every day, whatever the case may be, whatever that new habit is, even though it's going to be healthy, we're still going to have that reaction. I think, and you just highlighted one of the biggest reactions I think we really overlook is that we get addicted to that adrenaline rush from stress, right? We live in such a chaotic environment and now we're like, oh, well, that that's home, that's safety. That's what I'm used to but it doesn't mean it's always healthy. And I think somebody said the best when it's a little off topic, but you'll get the picture. If you grew up in the, in the, in the um, chaotic and loud, like, toxic environment, right? And so you watch shows such as Law and Order. That's what I fall asleep to, right? Because that's what I'm so calm and used to. It doesn't mean that it's the best because of what that show's about, but at the same time, it's, it's what your body craves because you're so used to that kind of an environment. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's interesting too, because a lot of us want to do what we see and it's very misaligned with what we need, or we do what we did growing up. Well, it, most of us in burnout are adults now. Do you even like those things? So it's, it's kind of like the yoga person trying to be the runner or the runner trying to be the yoga person. Like you have to really explore who you are and what you like. And that's where you kind of have to, I, I hate to say, it, but because I, people get isolated, but you have to dissociate yourself with society a little bit and figure out your weirdo, right? Figure, <laughs> out, figure, figure out what you want to obsess about. It energizes you. And then you start filling your cup. But if you keep filling your cup with, oh, that worked for her. And hey, Kelly, Kelly burned out her core and, and redid this. And my route is not your route, right? So I found myself with three little ones trying to do a lifestyle that just wasn't attainable. And it was actually stressing me more out. So you have to do that exploratory journey as well. It's so true. And that's one of the things I feel like I try to highlight the most is making that time for yourself because it's exactly what it is. A lot of times they probably do the same thing for you when you speak. It's, oh, Kelly, what did you do? Well, what did you do to get out of burnout? And I get to ask the same questions and I'm going, I can tell you what I did, but I promise you it's not all going to work for you. You can take pieces from it. Like you said, like that, you know, isolation, start to learn by myself and things like that. But when it came down to the actual things that I did, that might not work for you. And I think that's where a lot of us get really stuck and frustrated on a lot of this and then start to kind of beat ourselves up again. Oh, well, that worked for Kelly. Why is it not working for me? Oh, I'm so helpless. No, nothing's going to help me. Nothing's going to fix me. And I'm definitely air quoting over here when I use that word. 
But you, you know, we do that specially. We don't have enough time for this one when it comes to social media, right? We, that's we'll just have to bring you on for a different topic. I was going to bring that up, and I, I got to tell you this is just because I just did it. It's so relevant is um, because of my business is on social media. I had the apps on, and I couldn't control myself, so I removed the apps. Right, Re- remove the trigger, or I, the trigger is going to happen. Remove the stimulus after, and. Um, so I found myself just fussing around with my calculator on my phone. I mean, you, that's how that's how programmed we are and the muscle memory of our bodies. I was like, yeah, let's just like see what this number divided by this number would be because my thumbs just wanted to do something. I mean, eventually it ended, but it was very embarrassing. And now and now y'all know. So <laughs> but you know what? That just shows how quick it is. How many times before you remove those apps? You literally picked up the phone to you have to email Jess. I can't, I can't do, you know, go to the podcast today. You automatically pick it up and all of a sudden you're on Instagram going, Hey, did I email Jess? Because it was such a natural habit to just pick up that phone. You know, if you want to, we'll, we'll do a little embar- I'll do my embarrassment because we're going to share stories like this. We'll, we'll help you out over here. So I found myself, I, I started setting boundaries when I was leaving my office to go relax. Right. But I started finding myself wanting, like you said, reaching for the phone and things like that. I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to do this. I've been on it all day. I'm on the Zoom call. I'm doing this, whatever the case may be. What else can I do? So I bought, um, I do read a lot, but I wanted something different. So do you remember the Sudoku's? Sudoku, is that am I saying that correctly? Like you put all the different numbers. So I have a large print one of those. That's on my um, my table and on my couch. And I just sit there every night with Wheel of Fortune on and I just watch those like adult coloring books yes it has to your hands have to stay active and your mind wants to do something they have to be doing something and so like you said it's i'm still doing something i'm still relaxing you know but um yeah so it was funny i I went out and got one of those so so you and your calculator me as you go it's gonna be great we we're great out here yeah and it's interesting because it's like the long-term effects of stress too is I feel, I feel guilty if I'm not doing something like if I would just sit there. So I, I, I have gotten to a point where I can color, do word search or Sudoku. Um, but it, it took a while because it seems like I'm not using my time wisely. Um, I'm like a workaholic, your, your typical workaholic. So if I'm not producing something, what am I? Um, but I also know it, it is extremely important so that I don't crash and burn it anymore. And I work a lot. I mean, my main focus is the workforce. I work with associations, um, nonprofits, hospitality, manufacturing, um, all different industries. And I usually do it in groups. And so just hearing similar stories where, you know, everyone has their work email on, for example, on their phones. Um, and I ask them, who are you the emergency contact? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, so if someone's not on fire, why are you checking your email? Like, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but like, it's not life or death. Get the email off your phone. We can't help ourselves. I, okay. Oh my goodness. I'm so glad you're on this show today. So, because this is such a thing. And I had to speak to my team about this because they would get an email and they would feel that they had to respond right away. And I said, please know that that pressure is not coming from me. We are not heart surgeons and it's okay. 24 hours, 48 hours. It's okay to return a 48 hour later podcast saying, Hey, Court. Yeah, well, Kelly, we'll get you on the episode. Things like that. You, it, that's okay, you know. And so we just get in our heads that we have to have this automatic response. 
for no other reason, right? Like you said, I'm not the emergency contact. I'm not their heart doctor, you know, like I'm not. So why that, that automatic response is, is not absolutely needed. And, you know, trying to find that balance of what actually makes sense in your business. Now, there are some things that are time restraint, then that's your priority, but not everything is a priority because then nothing is, you yeah. know? Oh, I love that you brought that up so much because we literally just had a, a, to sit my team down going, guys, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. and, well, let me flip the script on that social norm. So I went to a workshop and a lady, I, we were just sharing something that really, a tool or something that really helped us, you know, come out of burnout and prevent it. And um, one lady said, I took work email off my phone and it was amazing. One, a lot of things are taken care of when I'm not there. So I didn't have to do as much. And then two, like I eventually I stopped caring about work after five o'clock and I lived my life because again, are we burning out because of work? I'm also doing air quotes. Um, or is it because we're not living life zombie mode, right? So that let's let's circle back to that word. Zombie mode is acting dead. Day over day over day is the same thing, looking through a foggy windshield and you, there's just no path. And the, the professional name or the real name for it is called languishing. But the only way to get out of it is to stop acting dead. And we are usually doing that at home and not at work. So um, during that workshop, she shared, she took a uh, work email off her phone and half of the workshop took work email off their phone. So social norms does have a, a powerful positive side to it. Um, I was shocked. I even took work email off my phone. So I'm just picturing some people. I can, This is what I'm picturing. Someone's listening to this, this podcast right now. And I can see them going, okay. I can take Facebook off, or maybe I'll take Instagram off. Maybe I'm feeling crazy. I'll take some TikTok off, right? But I can just, I can feel the pre-listeners right now just going, my email? Can I take my email? Like, I can just think, <laughs> I can just see all the emails coming in about taking their email off right now. But just think about that for a quick second for the listeners, right? Think about what you would do so we'll, we'll, I'll meet you halfway. Seven o'clock, you're completely done with work. You're just going to be done, right? I, I get done a little earlier, but that's every day. It's a little different. So say seven o'clock, you're saying I'm completely done. And you just sat there and you sat there next to your wife and you sat there with your kids and you just sat there by yourself playing outside with your dog. What would happen? Where would your mind go? What would your body feel like? Right? And just just something so simple because like you said, it's so easy for us just to pick up our phone and naturally go to a, an app of some sort that's not benefiting us at that time. Absolutely. From seven to seven, we've been hustling. We were on the phones. We were doing the emails. We were doing the thing. What are you working that much for if you're not going to go enjoy that time with your family? Go enjoy that time with yourself. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but like if your life is done at the end of the year, you are not going to regret the phone time. Okay. And I, I mean, there's people in my workshops that have lost children, they've lost spouses. And they said, this is a hundred percent, basically grief management. Um, because everything that they regret has to do with not useful things. They weren't present. Um, they didn't take the time, take the opportunity. So, uh, I, I hundred percent, um, agree with that. And then, um, it's interesting too, because, um, I, again, all this, all these other factors go in like these root cause things of productivity guilt. And I, I need to be doing this because I need to be this person because other people expect it of me, all these, all these things start coming out. So it's a difficult journey. Let's, we're not going to make it, you know, easy, 
but it, it does start with just removing an app and then you start this, this discovery in space. And in my workshops, I, I always joke because I lost my Netflix um, because the person I was borrowing it from um, changed their password. And um, the amount of time I got back, because that's the number one excuse I get in my workshops is um, we don't have time. And I said, I bet if your TV crashed and your phone died, you would find some time magically. I am a single mom of three little kids. I work a part-time job. I got my business. And I still find time for self-care because I turned off the distractions. Um, but I mean, sometimes you have to be hardcore. I had to unplug the TV. I had to remove the apps. And that's, and I think that's where a lot of the struggle is, is it's finding that hardcore piece because it's hard. It is hard. And like you mentioned earlier, we go back to that comfortability. We go back to that chaos piece of our life. And so thinking about it, I think you mentioned it. I've seen it on your website. You talked about it in your book. And just in today, you know, it's one thing. It's one thing at a time. We're not just, you didn't say get rid of every single TV in your house. You didn't say completely go back to flip flows. You didn't say any of that. And I want to make that very clear that you're just saying your distraction, my distraction are completely different. Your journey, my journey, completely different. But it's the one thing you can do. Just that one thing. Kelly, why were, I just looked at the time and again, oh my God, I'm having way too much fun with you right now. Um, for what is, and I know we kind of just recapped so maybe in your own words, what is the one thing you would recommend somebody to do for burnout right now? I would truly look outside of work because it doesn't matter where you work, what employer, if you're outside of work is not balanced, no matter where you go, you're never going to be happy. So look at your outside of work, what could be removed so that you could add an energized activity, whether it's just presence, whether it's just being your kid, whether it's finding out a hobby, most of us don't even have a hobby, right? Um, so what could you remove so you can add something that's re-energizing, something that's a livelihood, right? Yeah. So that we can stop acting dead. What is, so we, for the listeners, they're writing all these notes down, they pulled over, they're like taking all these notes, they're like, oh my gosh, Kelly, give me more. What is the best way for somebody to contact you? Yeah, um, go to my website. So burnout is a lonely journey and I wish it wasn't because when I finally spoke out about it, I was silent. I was doing leadership coaching. Then finally people saw me looking healthy again. And they're like, what happened? And I said, I burnt out. And they're like, oh, me too. And I was like, what? The B word, like you too. <laughs> and, and then when I started speaking about it, just hundreds of people come to these workshops and I'm blown away at people's stories and, and how lonely that could be. So there's free resources, um, podcast episodes, some free self-growth self-growth workshops, blog, um, grab that up. It's all free to just, like you said, take one step. That's all I want. My whole goal is to move our communities out of the zombie mode back to liveliness. And, um, and then certainly there's, uh, information on workshops, my coaching and other materials out there along with my book. And I was about to say, it's just one more last question. Cause we briefly mentioned, it. I wanted to make more time for it, but it's okay. Please mention your book. Please mention where we can grab your book. And maybe give a little snippet of what it's about. Yep. Um, so the book is Leaving the Darkness, a Proven and Practical Burnout Guide. And it purely is walking through my recovery journey as, as well as the crash, unfortunately. And the factors we just talked about, we go through human behaviors and social norms and other medical routes to explore um, behaviors and habits, how to sustain those habits. And then um, uh, we dive a little bit into identity loss. So it's kind of uh, a guide. You could literally read it in a weekend because I read so many books and you don't have energy. So it's straight to the point. It's very blunt. And uh, you can grab it up on my website or straight from Amazon. 
Good old Amazon. Kelly, thank you so much for making the time out for today. Thank you for rescheduling. I know you have a lot on your hands. I really appreciate you coming here today. Thank you.